Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Marcy Dufresne of CrossFit Brackish coming to you from Louisiana. Marcy, what's going on? How are you today? I'm doing great. And you? I am doing incredibly well. This is an exciting episode for us. This is a where are they now sort of situation. Marcy was on with us previously in the past. And so for the people who aren't familiar with CrossFit Brackish, Marcy, give us a, a, some quick context here. When you describe this CrossFit box, what do you tell people? It's, uh, it's very different than your regular global gym. Um, it's very family oriented. We do consider everybody as family. Uh, when I'm explaining it, I tell people, I'm like, it's very addicting. Um, just the atmosphere is yeah. great, you know. And so like many CrossFit boxes, we are focused on the community. We're focused on the atmosphere, the culture, if you will. A little bit further back, walk us through kind of the, the process of how this came to be. I'm a big believer that origin stories can tell us a lot about where we're going in the future. So for you, CrossFit Brackish, when not just the day that the doors open, when did the idea come into your mind? Hey, I'm going to open up my own CrossFit box. So I started CrossFit back in 2014. I think it was, um, there was the first gym on the Bayou. Um, I did that for a couple of years and it just kind of got to not where I wanted it to be. So I decided to, me and my business partner had decided to step away and open up our own place. Um, it was something I always wanted to do. I just never thought I would actually take the leap, but I did. Um, best decision ever. Yeah. We started in a building that was about a thousand square foot. Then we went to one that was like 19,000 square foot um falling apart and all um we made it through covid where we had to disperse our uh, equipment for a few months you know but mm -hmm. we made that and then last year in august uh hurricane ida hit over here destroyed our gym so i ran it out the driveway for six months and out my personal driveway and mm -hmm. then i found out a building back in february and we've been there ever since um it was just something, and I, my partner did have to move away. So a year ago, I took it over by myself. But yeah, it's just so a number of different evolutions along the way. This oh, has seen a lot of change. Oh, right? I, you don't have enough time for you to hear everything. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> and and so at least in its current iteration, we're still focused on the CrossFit space. Group training is yes. the crux of what we do here. From a, I like to explore businesses like this in kind of a logical customer acquisition standpoint, at least first. We need to get people in through the doors. We need to turn those people into members somehow, and we need to keep those members long-term. Since we spoke to you, actually, let me do this. What historically have you guys been doing to get people into the doors? And since we spoke to you last, what have you been doing to get people into the doors? Honestly, from day one, I re we really never changed anything because um, what we're doing just works for us, especially in our area. 
but we did start a boot camp back in right when we opened around 2018 that every six weeks we have like 20 to 30 new people that come in and do this boot camp mm-hmm. from there we usually get about five to six that switch over to the actual crossfit gym okay part and not the boot camp sure uh, so, we so do we've that. got this this front end offer kind of a quote it's unquote like, more friendly atmosphere than CrossFit, but that's kind of not even not a great so way to, to word it, but less intimidating maybe. Yes. People pop into this boot camp and then beyond think- the six weeks transition into our main group. Is that correct? Correct. Um and then basically that- word of mouth and yeah. it worked for us, you know. And so we've been we've been getting like clockwork like 20 to 30 people into these groups with just word of mouth. Am I understanding that correctly? Pretty much. I've, I advertise on Facebook. I post pictures of my boot camp on Facebook. And when it's time to start a next one, I just um, let them know that I'm taking names and starting the list. And okay. in fact, the last two months I had to say, Hey, camp's full till next time, you know? Yeah. So this is a good, this is a good problem to have. It is a good I, I think uh, this is a unique situation. A lot yeah. of the gym owners that I speak with, at least, are struggling to find leads. I want to I wanna pick your brain on mm-hmm. the process of turning those people, or even getting them into the challenge here. When somebody reaches out, they're interested in coming to the gym. What's that sales process typically like? Who are they speaking with? what is that conversation typically about and how well is it working in terms of getting people in? Yeah. So the bootcamp has been pretty successful since the beginning. Um, so it, it kind of just sells itself really. So all of our people that's in it, they just, they bring friends and they tell their friends about it and their friends come. And uh, when they do question about it, they are speaking directly to me. Um, another thing is, is I'm very involved in it. I don't, I have a, I have someone that helps me, but she, I'm there at every class and she kind of, if I do have to go somewhere with my kids or something, she'll take over for me, but just being involved and they know I'm there they know they could talk to me, stuff like that, you know? Um, but I mean, it pretty much sells itself. Sure. And so I guess my question for 20 to 30 people joining every six weeks, why are only just a handful of them rolling into those CrossFit classes? Well, the, the other 20 that don't roll into the CrossFit class usually do another boot camp. Ah, okay. I, I, so people I, yeah, just I enjoy just a, that for the service that it is. I do have a, I have a group of people that are considered that honestly, some I've, I have probably five of them that's actually been with me for five years now in the boot camp. That's just what they prefer. Uh-huh. To, you know? I see. Okay. So it's kind of a, a two-pronged approach at this point. We've got the CrossFit classes and we've got the boot camp classes. Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Now, from a sales standpoint, we're getting people in, we're rolling them into either the ongoing CrossFit membership or another six-week aspect of this. Tell me about retention beyond that. I think it speaks a lot to the quality of the business. You've moved a handful of times. We've been hit by a hurricane. We have this this core group of people. What influences retention in your mind the most? 
Uh, honestly, I think it's just that the atmosphere. Um, a lot of us, we day in and day out, we go for more of our mental health than our physical health. Um, it's, you know, you have people that they go to certain class times and they're there at all those class times and they all become friends, you know, so they look forward to seeing each other every day. And, you know, sometimes we got to, sometimes I got to be like, all right, y'all, we got to work out, you know, cause we're talking so much and just hanging out, you know, um, honestly, it's that it's the atmosphere and the people that are in it. Okay, good. Now, Marcy, you've been doing this for, for a handful of years, at least. And anybody that's spent time as a gym owner knows that it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Not everything is, is great and glorious. What do you see as the toughest part of your job as a business owner? The toughest part is sometimes, you know, and I don't know how it is for every other place, but, you know, sometimes I don't want to say they get complacent with you, but they, they, they feel like they can get better advice elsewhere, you know, so they do that. Members, then, you mean? Yes. And then they come back and they do it and they like, oh, that's what you were saying. I'm like. Yeah. Or, you know, you tell them to do something. I have this one member that for years and years and years, I've been on him, been on him to fix himself, you know, fix his eating, fix everything. January 1st of 2021. Yeah. January 1st of, uh, I'm sorry, of this year, he did 75 hard. I finally convinced him. He's lost well over 50 pounds. I'm sure. I don't know his exact number. Um, and just changed his lifestyle all around. And that's all he keeps telling me. He's like, should have, uh, Ben should have listened to you. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, sometimes I know what I'm talking about, you know, yeah. uh, I have to say that's uh, the toughest part because, you know, I have a lot of passion for what I do and I, I believe in what I do and been doing it for so long. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So sometimes it just, it sucks when they go find There's out. something to be said for, for experience. To find out, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. They make yeah. you second guess yourself, I guess you could say. Interesting. Okay. Now. That's the hardest part for me. I mean, I, I love, I love being there. It's my family loves being there. So I don't take away from, you know, they enjoy being there with me. So it's yeah. not like I'm away from them a lot, you know? Now, one thing I, I like to ask gym owners about, because I think this is an underlying issue in our industry. And you mentioned that you're at least physically there for the majority of the classes. Is that something that you think you'll ever step back from? Do you think that that'll lead to an element of burnout or you're happy to be there? You know, everybody asks me that and I, I don't believe I will ever get burnout. Uh, I love, I really do love what I do. I'm sad when I'm not there. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sometimes, you know, sure. sometimes I enjoy a little break. I, you know, and I do take afternoons off and stuff like that. And, you know, I go on vacation with my family. So for that, that helps, you know, but. Yeah, like when I'm not there, I'm sad that I'm not there. And I'm like, man, I wonder what they're doing. Why, you know, like- Gym uh, owners are a, a certain kind of breed of people. It's a it's a different mentality than a lot of owning businesses in general. And, and so look to the future here with me, Marcy. I think mm -hmm. CrossFit is in an interesting place as a brand. Fitness is in an interesting place as an industry. Where do you see this going in the next couple of years? What are you looking to, to accomplish as a business? Uh, I mean, honestly, if I could keep, you know, you, of course, in a group fitness class, you don't want to like, the, the goal is not to have 700 members. 
you know, um, cause you still want to give quality coaching and stuff like that. Um, if I could keep my numbers averaging like they are now and keep being able to do what I love and still spend time with my family and, um, mainly just want to improve the gym a little bit, like, you know, keep putting money into the gym, making it nice. Physically. Yes. I see. Um, you know, I want to add an outside area for just to make it a little bit nicer, you know. Yeah. Um, but now, I was like, I'm not trying to have 600 members. One, just- one thing that you talked about being in the, the group training model, and a lot of CrossFit boxes have started to go this way at least. Do you think that there's room for kind of a more specialized, even like one-on-one training or semi-private training? for the more dedicated members that you have to give them an even higher level of service? So I do offer one-on-one training, which not, I mean, every once in a while I'll get somebody. I don't really promote it because to me, I feel like if you come to the CrossFit class, you get in coaching. And especially if you're new to the class, the coach is concentrating on you, you know. Um, I did, however, which I'm starting actually this month, start a, a barbell club for those that want to kind of go further with their lifting and stuff Mm. um we're testing it out to make sure we like it and see if we'll keep it as a class but you know here's the fun question marcy you mentioned renovating the facility a little bit do you think that multiple locations is in the cards for you at any point as a business owner do we do we want to expand Listen, I would love, love, love nothing more than to have another um, location. But the thing about it is, is I wouldn't be able to be there. Right. And that's, I mean, that's the real challenge for people in our spaces. There's only one like, Marcy. There's only one Marcy. Yes. Right? And I feel like for it to be successful, like I am down here, I would have to be here, be there. And then I'd be neglecting down here. And for me, that's not in the, yeah. I'd rather expand There's, my one location. That way I could I know I'm there than have to have be running back and forth. Because you know you're never gonna find no nobody. shortage of challenges, that's for sure. There's uh and there's no shortage of examples of people that have gone from one successful gym to two failing gyms or or multiple failing gyms because of that lack of attention. So I think you're right there. I just like to ask to see yeah. where people's heads are at. The thing now, about it, uh, you're never going to find anybody that's going to run it like you do. So unless you could be there 24-7, it's, I'm like, you, like you said, they, you're probably both going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's sad to say, but it's the truth. Now, I have kind of a, a final question to cap us off here, Marcy, because <laughs> we're running a bit shy on time. But for you, you've seen so many changes in your business over time. I'm sure you've changed as a business owner and and learned a whole lot in that time. If you were providing advice to somebody starting out day one, opening up some sort of CrossFit box like this, what would be the best wisdom that you could share? So I would have to say that being involved is number one on the list. Um, Because again, nobody's going to take care of your baby like you would take care of your baby yourself. Um, Don't let people step on your toes. Like, you know, this is your baby. You need to run it the way you want to run it. Don't let anybody veer you off from from that. Stay friends, but know the boundaries, I guess. Um, 
That's a good one. That's one that we could spend hours on. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, You know, because you want to be friends with everybody, but you got also have to know the boundaries because they will take advantage of you. Um, But yeah, it's a business at the end of the day. But the biggest part for me is is staying involved. Like I don't ever see myself not being involved and having somebody else run it for me while I'm sitting here doing nothing or just sitting here collecting the money. It's not it's not about yeah. that for me. Yes, we do need to make a profit in order for me to keep it open, but it's more of a passion for me than a moneymaker kind of thing for me. Like, um, it's I want to- It's rare that I find a gym owner that's, that's driving Ferraris and sipping mimosas. Yeah. It's, it's just not the breed of people. Usually that profit ends up being what you kind of talked about, right? Reinvesting in the building, reinvesting in equipment, reinvesting in- coaching education reinvesting yeah, in any number of things to, to provide a better product if you do all of that the the profit's gonna come it's when, whenever you don't let money be in charge of your dreams and your wishes it's one day you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be like oh i am making money you know <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have said oh. it better myself yeah. yeah marcy this is this has been a bunch of fun i i appreciate having conversations like this and and being able to explore both sides of this, right? What have we done well and, and how have we gotten here? But at the same time, where are we going and how are we still trying to improve and tinker along the way? I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share. I think these these conversations really become valuable, especially in the gym owner climate that we're in. And so I can't thank you enough for your time. Before we sign out of here, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about CrossFit Brackish? Um, so I'm, I'm not very computer savvy. So I basically got two areas. It's Facebook or Instagram <laughs> um, and Facebook's CrossFit Brackish and uh, Instagram is CF Brackish. I'm not going to lie. Google it and you'll find it. <laughs> Google it and you'll find it one way or another. Marcy, yeah. like I said, this has been, this has been a blast to have you on. I'm excited to see what the future yeah. holds because it sounds like you guys aren't done as a business and still have some cards to play. So For now, that's all we got. And I wish you nothing but the best into the future. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description to fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Charlie with Gateway Human Performance out of Colorado. Charlie, what is going on, man? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today? Hey, JJ. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good today. Uh... A little sleepy, got a little three month at home, but doing all right. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Like, well, we're excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on 
with you and the facility. So let, let's go ahead and give the viewers some perspective. Um, we'll start with a very basic question here. But, you know, how many members are you serving currently, Charlie? Currently, I'm serving around 20 clients. Um, some are seasonal because um, I got some college athletes. So they usually just come around during the summer. But right around 20 is the full number. But probably right around now is like 15. Okay. And yeah. so for you, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the door? Through the door, I've actually been very successful with just referrals and word of mouth, which is really good. So I haven't actually had to spend a lot on advertising um, in the past. So, but I have been getting a lot more into the um, like Google ads have been pretty successful of recent. Um, and then doing a little more like um, Facebook, social media kind of posts a little bit more and getting into that, but mostly just referrals have been, and I guess I'm doing an all right job that people want to refer to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's a direct correlation to your fulfillment. You're good at what you do and it brings referrals. It pays dividends. And in this, in yeah. this case, dividends are, are, are referrals. For sure. Um, and so, you know, uh, I mean, realistically, I mean, I think the question isn't how much can you handle, but how much higher would you want to go than where you're at now? For higher, um, I definitely have uh, some room for more clients because I basically base a semi-private um, gym. So I can have about two people in at, for an hour. Um, so I have an, uh, about an 1100 square foot facility. Um, so it's a studio size. So I can set about two people in at once, but um, so mostly trying to get more people in the mornings as of current. Um, evenings are pretty packed from around like three to six. So, but yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I think, um, I think I know this from experience and I think, you know, anytime you're, and anytime you're in a, a more than a one-on-one -on -one setting and you're not just focused on, and especially when you're doing it yourself and you're doing all the admin stuff, mm -hmm. all the back end stuff. For sure. I know having even a handful of clients is a lot to manage. So how do you find yourself managing your metrics, you know, of lifetime value, churn rate, all those factors that are so critical to knowing your success. I mean, how do you track those numbers? Um, so like, you mean just with like the clientele, um, while exactly. they're training or well, more uh, um, so the tracking the metrics that I guess, like, so like to know like where your numbers are at, right. So like to know, right. you know, how many clients you have, right. To know how long they're staying with you to know, um, where they came from, right. How do you track yeah. those metrics? Gotcha. So actually that's a good one. Cause of more recent, I've been getting one of my weaknesses was I noticed my, um, plans in place were just terrible. I didn't have any systems or plans for clientele really until about two years ago. And then I really been trying to establish more plans. Like I set up, I'm really good with Excel. So I set up a lot of Excel spreadsheets on with like clientele, how I'm tracking them per month, um, with, um, based what they're paying and then how long they're being here with me. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, but I don't really use like 
don't know. Is there like app systems for that? Or <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, but, like like a CRM or what? It's it's okay, and there's no yeah. right or wrong answer for that. But I'm just saying, sure. just curious to see what works well for yeah. you. Um, and so, you know, I'll, let's say this going into the new year. I mean, what is your your primary focus, right? Because there's only going to be three factors, right? Which is getting more people through your door, getting more conversions, or being able to keep people longer, right? So is it going to be your marketing that you feel like you need to improve on going into the new year? Do you think it's being able to sell more people into the programs when they are in the door? Or do you think it's keeping your clients longer? Definitely going to be more on the marketing side. Um I have been seeing some good success from uh, like Google ads of late. So um, definitely getting that more through and then definitely like the whole at like me doing everything. I need to really focus on like being okay with letting other people do some of the work. Like, like I'm not good, like tech savvy with like, like website design. So I'm trying to work on getting someone to go through my website kind of revamp it for me so it's better structured because like so it's like you can look out on your phone you can look out on your computer and it all matches up nicely and neat so because that's what those google ads transfer over to is they go to my website and then they just go and fill the form out at the bottom of the page and then then we set up how we go through our process with clients so yeah that's probably my biggest goal starting in the new year I love it. I love that. And uh, last two questions for you here. My two favorite questions. I mean, let's say five, 10 years down the road, what are you really trying to accomplish with the facility? So five, 10 years. So like I said, it just started a family, which is great. And so like, I've always been, I never really wanted like a big expansion facility. I, I really enjoy the smaller side, the more intimate side of like, like, yeah, I have 1100 square feet. Yeah. I'd like maybe a little bit more square footage. Um, so maybe I could bring in uh, another coach or something eventually, but um, really important, just continuing to focus on what I'm doing, filling in the spaces that I want to fill in in the mornings and afternoons so that I have more time for family life really. And I think that's just super important to me. And then just being able to be successful through all of that so that I can give my son and whatever future child I have more of a yeah. prosperous outlook. Yeah. I know. I love that. Be the best dad yeah. you can be, man. For sure. I, I love it. I love it. And Charlie, my favorite question of the day, you know, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Um, definitely, um, I would say take bigger leaps. Um, naturally kind of an introvert. Um, and then, so get, get myself out there a little more, especially with the marketing stuff. Like just cause the referral system was working for me. I didn't, was like, hey, I'm not going to do any of that social media or really get into like paying for ads. But I think if that really helped, um, get me through the door, but I also don't open a gym and sign the lease papers a week before quarantine starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jack, Charlie, uh, come on! Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, what, what can a, you do? What can you do? Yeah, I love I love the positivity, the optimism. Yeah. I love that you can joke about that. I appreciate that, Charlie. Like, it's yeah. a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, a Facebook website, anything at all, let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and the gym. Yeah, they can find me on uh, at gatewayhumanperformance.com, um, based out of Denver, Colorado. Um, always just email me call me if you ever have any information especially like if you're looking to do some leasing of some sort um pretty well versed in understanding of that kind of aspect because my parents both had uh, their own um businesses as well so they really helped with that purpose so like if you have any questions on like um certain leasing questions if you're trying to open a facility because for instance mine is in a office building which is not typical so um finding ways around certain um, landlords and questions and keywords to maybe getting in an office building instead of um industrial and then stuff like that so like maybe just a different perspective than what most people have there we go there we go We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, I just want to let you know how you can access the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Yeah, no worries. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Paul from Villains Training Limited out in Crew Cheshire, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. And thanks very much for the invite. (laughs) Super excited to have you here and to learn more about what you're doing in your training business. Before we kind of dive into that, give us a little bit of background, Paul. What was it that led to you going and opening up this business? As a child, as a small child, I always benefited from boxing. Uh, It would help me to build my confidence. It gave me more. It certainly improved my self-esteem and helped me both from an educational point of view and socially with friends. And because I'd benefited from that, I wanted, throughout my life, I was always looking for an opportunity to set up 
to set up a local gym or a local training organization to cater for exactly those same individuals that need to improve their confidence. So that's the, the, the way the thing started. I'm a qualified teacher. I'm also a member of the Chartered Institutes of Personal Development. So my interest in people goes beyond Phil and Training Limited. And when I was working in the engineering field, I decided it was time to move into an area where I could use my, my expertise, my coaching qualifications, and start to build a small business. I love that you have kind of two different backgrounds here. Like you have your engineering background, which is great, but you also have this kind of coaching side. And now like with the coaching side, you're able to impact so many lives. Um, I know that I'm the type of person that I just love helping people. I want to help as many people as I can. And so with the coaching thing, you can definitely do that. Um, so tell us a little bit about Phil-Ins Training Limited, who you are. I guess give us an elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services that you have to provide. Paint a picture for us here. Okay, we're an organization that provides training either locally at our own facility or through other facilities throughout Cheshire. So we are a group of four fully qualified coaches. There are three fully qualified professional boxing coaches and one physical PT instructor that works with us on the conditioning side. We've been operating throughout the whole of Cheshire in actual fact for, well, since 2014. And we also work north of Manchester into Cumbria and also travel down to Coventry as well to do some of our, our fitness classes and our boxing classes. And we do that to kind of expand the name and build kudos for Phil's training. We're very much focused on building people's self-esteem, increasing their confidence and promoting the health benefits of boxing training, not necessarily fighting, but boxing training on the whole and what it can bring and the confidence it can bring. So that's what we tend to focus on as an organization. Yeah, definitely. I think like fitness can be a lot more than just a workout, um, especially when it comes to like boxing and different skills like that. Um, I think it helps with a person's confidence, self-esteem. Um, mentally, it's good to just kind of take out any pent-up aggression and <laughs> things like that. Um, so that's really neat. Now with your business, do you guys have a brick and mortar space or do you kind of travel around to different areas and, and work in those areas? We have a brick and mortar space. We have our own facility that we use for, for certain classes each week. And then we also travel from to different gyms as well. We send an allocation of, of coaches to individual gyms throughout the area to provide the, the boxing skills training, but at the same time to promote our own facility and what we can provide. So we're building our customer base from working with other gyms and institutions in the area, those of whom don't have the skill sets required to teach boxing, and then using that as a medium or a, a lever for want of a better expression to bring people yeah. to our to our business. Definitely a good way to kind of create that word of mouth, right? If we can send our trainers Absolutely, out yeah. into the world and, and have them do what they do really well, people are going to talk and naturally that will bring some traffic into our business. Mm -hmm. So with your actual brick and mortar space, you guys do some classes. How many classes are you offering a day? Uh, per, per day, one class per day at the moment, uh, which is sufficient, believe me. And when you have children at school, and you are targeting young people as we are, then one class per day is, is sufficient. We run classes at the weekends as well, and we run adults classes five times per week. So we're, we're quite a busy organization. We're the only business 
in the northwest of England that provides a grading system for boxing. So if we have a young child that starts at the age of five and gradually learns the skills over a period of time, maybe 10, 15 years, then they go from a white grade through to a black grade, which is quite unusual in boxing. But we, we have that franchise from an organization called the Red Corner Gym, who we work quite closely with in Coventry. And so we, we promote the grading side quite heavily. So it's something tangible. As children progress, they have a certificate, an award for each level that they achieve, plus a T-shirt to wear with their, their respective colours. And that is very, very useful as a medium to promote fill-in training, but also very useful because it provides you with a constant brand. Kids wear their T-shirts, feel proud of wearing them. It carries the fill-in's branding, carries the red corner branding as well, which is the, the, the franchise that we sell. And it works very well. It works very well indeed. So we tend to be... It's a bit like sort of planting seeds, really. You, you generate the interest with the young people. They go away, they talk about it. And we find the word of mouth element is very important because we get more kids coming along, more kids wanting to be involved, more kids wanting to achieve and, and get something tangible back from their boxing training. No, definitely. Like, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I actually do something similar like that within my facility. And I know that's kind of weird, but like with CrossFit, we actually have like a levels system because, oh. um, and they're different colors. So we do assessments at the beginning of each month um, for the different areas. You know, they got, you got your gymnastics, you got your upper body strength, your lower body strength, your aerobic capacity, all these different things. They come in, they do their assessment, and then they get graded a color. So that, that way they're working for something tangible, like you said, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that really has helped us with our clients, like staying motivated and on track to try to level up to the next color. Um, yeah. So it's cool that we're both doing that. Now, it sounds like your population is a lot of children. What would you say the breakdown is, you know, between children and adults? Are you serving mostly children or is it kind of 50-50? Mostly children. I'd say the breakdown is age 20. Um, and it's interesting because when the children come along, we find a small percentage of the parents are also interested and they want to, to turn their hand as well and try and try boxing. So that tends to be sort of self-propagating. We get parents that are interested, they come along to the classes and then the word of mouth element comes in. But by targeting children, you build QDOS as an organization because you work with the community as well. And over in the UK, if you have a gym that is community-based and it can kind of, it's a buzzword over here at the moment. So you say that you're providing a service to the community. You're providing a, a grading system for children that they benefit from, that they can gain a great deal from. And then if you work with the local councils and promote that, then again, it builds your business and, and the reputation that would be on that, that brings more and more people to our, to our classes. No, it definitely does. Um, now, you know, you mentioned that you guys are doing one class per day. Mm -hmm. During the hours that there is not a class going on, what is happening within the, the facility itself? Is that kind of unused time or do you guys have personal training going on, things like that? Both. It's both. Unused time and we do some personal training as well at the same time. So we do lots of one-to-ones. And with, and with the downtime, we have administration to take care of, marketing. And, and we make sure that we, we stay on top of that. Also, anyone that works with us as a volunteer within our facility has to be approved. They have to go through what we call a, um, a background check, or we call it a DBS check in the UK. 
So we need to make sure that the, the administration of that is kept up to date. And we also ensure that if we need further qualifications, there's work that needs to be done there to build our respective staff into a position where they can requalify or do a do a, a tag on course. Okay, got you. So, um, you know, there's some admin kind of stuff going on, some personal training. You mentioned that you guys have lots of personal training. What percentage of the revenue, if you had to kind of guess, what percentage of the revenue within your business is coming from the personal training side of things? 60% personal training. So that is a, that is a lot. It That's, is a that is a very amount. heavy Absolutely. amount. Yeah. And that comes from adults that want to learn the skills or also children that are looking to improve their skills between classes and to, uh, to give them further confidence before they go on to the grading sets. And we target that. It's not just, it's not something that happens by accident. We look to, to generate the income from the, the one-to-ones because it's a far more efficient way to do business. If you take a small payment per class, then you can, you can make the same amount of money with a one-to-one as you could from taking just one class with the individual contributions. That's, that seems to be the case across the board within, within the gym world. So we deliberately targeted that. But if I'm going to be honest with you, we prefer the classes. The classes are far more rewarding from our point of view when we see the children progress and, and eventually become fully qualified. Yeah, I mean, the classes I generally think are a lot more fun. And like you said, they are pretty rewarding. Yeah, they are. But when it comes to a business, from a business standpoint, we want to make sure that we can bring in as much revenue as possible. And so you are smart by making one-on-one something that is very prominent in your business. 60% yeah. of your revenue is coming from that one-on-one training. From a client standpoint, one-on-one training is also good, especially you know if we have clients that are working for a specific goal, yeah. we can throw them with a one-on-one trainer, help them reach that goal. Generally, when our clients are reaching their goals, they're gonna be really happy. They're gonna stick around longer. They're gonna tell their friends and it's just like a full cycle of growth for us in our business. Um, the next question that I kind of want to ask you here is, are you guys like pretty capped out in terms of clients or are you in a position where you're looking to grow and take on more members? No, we're looking to grow, definitely. And there's a growth plan in place that we're, we're very clear on where we want to be in five years time, for example. In five years time, we want one or two facilities, um, excuse me, one or more new facilities on top of what we currently have in the region and we want to qualify more members of staff and we want to, to take to take the message out and we don't want to be crazy about this we don't want to say we're going to become a uk phenomenon because that's just not going to happen but we could certainly expand our borders beyond our local towns yeah so you know you mentioned you have a growth plan in place so for you what does that kind of look like in terms of like, what things are you guys doing to aid that growth process in finding new clients and helping you get into the position where you can go and open up, up for a second or a third location? Okay, well, the first thing we do is we look at the revenue that we can generate from a new facility. And, and we use that as a basis to speculate in terms of how we market and how much we invest in marketing. We're very keen on social media. We promote ourselves heavily on social media and we use videos as much as possible because videos tend to generate the interest from people that are looking for prospective gyms in the area. So from a growth, a growth plan, very, very basic functional growth plan, 
we look at what a new facility can bring, we look at what new members can bring to us from a, a revenue perspective. And then we look at facilities too and what, and what is required. So in order to achieve A, we need to have one, two and three in place. And all that's very, very clear. And in terms of how we look in five years time, we're being sensible. We're not overextending ourselves because I'll be honest, three years ago, just before COVID kicked in, we were in the position at that point to invest in a new facility and very nearly did. And at the time that was considered to be by us all within our team to be a step beyond where we wanted to be, but we were prepared to take that risk. And now we're a little more cautious. Now we're looking at what would happen if something similar to the COVID would kick in, what kind of contingency plans can we have in place? And so one of our new facilities will, will have a podcast, a podcast capability in terms of filming location and lighting so that we can be far more proficient and professional if we have to go to the, to the podcasting and the Zoom calls again. That's just something that we, we felt we needed to learn from. Absolutely. It's good to have kind of that backup plan set up. Um, because if we learned anything from COVID, it was that most of us were completely unprepared for the yeah. years to come. So just kind of planning for the hypothetical is very, very smart here. Um, you mentioned social media being a big part of what you guys do. Yeah. Is that all completely organic uh, or do you guys do, you know, paid ad campaigns on social media? What does your presence in that area look like? We've tried the paid ads. And we ran a comparison between the paid ad and our own campaign. And we, we had a paid ad uh, campaign that ran for four weeks that cost us in the region of, I think it was 500 pounds. And then we ran a similar campaign and we based this, we quantified it on the number of new members. And it's very easy to do that because you ask people where they get the inf information from. And we actually generated more money through our own activity on social media than we did with the paid uh, facility and so that again bred some caution in into how in, in terms of how we we promote we're also all of us i mean my wife is one of the directors of the company she's also a fully qualified teacher so we are good at communicating and if you have that skill as a business you must use it being able to to present to communicate to to groups of people is one thing taking that skill to social media is another and we find that if we do the odd training uh, video and we post that and say look this is this is what we do in our classes then we get the results we get the results we get new membership we get lots of inquiries but in terms of revenue return we get more from our own set social media activity than we do from paid and that means that one of us will sit up maybe two or three hours of an evening once or twice a week and put together some little campaign um, flyers or, or some additional advertising through Facebook and other social media. And it could just be simply a photograph with narrative or we'll post a video that's been professionally um, put together because we, we bought some we bought some streaming, uh, some streaming software to enable us to do that. So we're active there. Also, when we promote, we go through to schools as well. So we look to promote our classes at local schools and they will invite us in for a 20 minute presentation to the kids or a 15 minute presentation during the, the, the opening session of the day. That's a very useful way of, of growing your business too. But if I'm going to emphasize key areas, one is if you are 
capable of communicating, if you can communicate vocally, if you are a good communicator from a narrative perspective, use it. You don't necessarily have to pay for it. You just need to know how to do it, the mechanisms involved, and to build your confidence by grabbing a couple of successes along the way. That would be my advice from a business perspective. And, and that goes beyond the fundamentals, of course, Brooke. The fundamentals are right. make sure you're qualified, make sure that you have the respective back, background checks so that you're prepared. Always ensure that you have public liability insurance. In the UK, if you don't have that, well, quite frankly, you're very foolish because anything can happen. You need to make right. sure that you're covered. So always make sure that the very basic elements of your business are in place before you apply the creative element. Yep. No, those, those are all key. When we first get started, we have to have those things in place. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned if you're a good communicator, make sure that you use that, you know, to grow your business. And so going out to these speaking engagements, getting out into the community, those are all good things that generate, again, word of mouth, um, yeah. which we can both agree that word of mouth as business owners is probably our favorite type of growth because word of mouth is free. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. If we don't have to spend any money there to make any money, it feels pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, you also mentioned you know, that you guys are doing your own social media. You're running your own type of ads, your own yes. posts, things like that. When we do organic social media about... if if we had about 3000 followers, 10% of those are going to see what we share. So that means yeah. 300 people are going to see what we're sharing. Now, um, you mentioned that you guys had tried the paid ads and didn't really see a benefit from that. Is that something that you ran on your own? Did you work with somebody to help you do that? Yeah, we work with an agency. So we paid the agency a fee to produce a number of adverts and to run a campaign over a four-week period. And yeah. my background is also marketing as well, because I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm nearly 60. So I've been through several mediums in my life as far as work is concerned. So I know how to market. And because of that, I can see the benefits from using an agency, particularly if you're particularly if you're a busy organization and administratively you can't do that. Um, so we've, um, we've used different mediums as well, Brooke. So, for example, we've used advertising in the local papers. So a, a sort of a column ad in the local paper. We've paid for editorial or advertorial, as we call it, over in the UK. A nice flashy photograph and some narrative that goes with it. That has been useful. But again, most of that has been generated by us because the agency would interview us and they'd say, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll put a story together. Well, in actual fact, by the time we've we've actually shared that information. We could quite easily have written the narrative ourselves. So we tend to be a little bit picky as to how we promote ourselves at this stage, because we have to be resourceful now. In five years time, as our business grows, I'm sure things will be different, but for now we're, we're, we're being sensible, particularly after what happened with COVID. I, I think that that makes sense. And I think too, when it comes to working with an agency, in this industry, we really do need to be picky. We need to be careful because marketing for a fitness business, your approach has to be a little bit different than oh. you know marketing for something else. So we could work with any just any old you know marketing agency, but they might not know the fitness side of things. They might not know the correct approach that's going to get clients in the front door, and then it becomes yeah. kind of a waste of their time, our time, and our money. Um, absolutely absolutely Brooke I see it a different way as well if you raise awareness 
if you're raising awareness of the need to be fit and the need to be healthy and the need to find a gym and you promote that you're actually promoting your competition as well Mm -hmm. so because the message the awareness generates interest so people may be too far away or may feel that our gym is our facility is too far away so they'll go and find somewhere else so our promotion our health and benefits promotion has built business for our competitors so we're very careful about how we do that and awareness in the fitness industry when you hit the nail on the head you're absolutely right you have to be different you have to do something creative and we're in a very privileged position in that we have one skill set and that's boxing and yes there are different variations of fitnesses that are the fitness training that come with that but ultimately we spearhead boxing as a skill and discipline so that sets us out as being quite unique and if you can't do that then you have to find another way to be unique you have to find another way to be creative in this industry yep. in our view i think I think it's smart to use your niche, which is boxing, to set yourself apart. And another thing that not all gyms, not all fitness businesses are doing is selling, you know, in their ads, selling the result. Typically, people want to join a gym or fitness organization because they want to either lose weight, they want to gain muscle, they want to tone up, or if we're a kid, then maybe they just want to learn a new skill set. So if we can sell people on that result, in our ads and grab them and hook them in. Hey, you're going to come in with us. You're going to learn a new skill. You're going to feel better mentally. You might lose a little bit of weight. If we can pull them in on those things, that's what sets us apart because most gyms are just promoting like new year, new you get healthy. Um, and so we have to be different, right? Yeah, we do. We do. Certainly. You've hit the nail on the head there. Even in boxing, you get uh, an influx of new members in January. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So before we kind of wrap things up, I want to give you a second here, Paul, to share with our listeners. If I gave you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true. What would that picture look like for you? I've got to think in terms of five years time. In five years time, my dream come true would be three separate facilities with a qualified staff set and, and a community feel to the way that we do our business. So what do you have to focus on right now as the business currently stands to take you to that point where you have, you know, three locations within the next five years? I think we need to continue to grow to the point where we don't have enough room to cater for our existing class members. And that will take its own course. And then we will supplement that with the way that we market. That's, that's the way we see this growing. In football terms, I don't know what they'd say over in the States, but in football terms or soccer terms, they talk about revenue as being bums on seats. That's what they say in the UK. Uh, and the same is true with our, with our gym, with our business. It's people, it's footfall, it's people that come through the door. And in order to achieve our goals in five years' time, we need to be very, very uh, clever and creative in the way that we market and continue to do the things that have been successful. and be prepared to change the way that we advertise and promote don't be stuck in a rut with it yeah i always tell people you got to be open to how the industry is evolving yeah. if we're stuck in you know our ways and doing things the same way that we did pre-pandemic 
it's not going to take us where we want to go post-pandemic. We have to kind of evolve and adapt with the industry. We have to be open to trying new things, having conversations with new people that might be doing things differently that you can learn from, which is the beauty of this podcast. People listening to it might hear something that they can apply into their business, something that you're doing that maybe they're not. Um, Paul, what is the... um, Instagram or the Facebook page, where can our listeners go if they want to follow along for your journey, watch you open up a second location, then a third location? It's Philans Active. So it's Philans, the name Philans, but Philans Active is the Facebook page that we use and we and the page that we do a lot of our promoting with. And then we have pages that are linked with that, Philans Training and Philans Boxing Skills. Perfect. Well, go check it out, guys. Fillin's active on Facebook. Thank you, Paul, for being here today. It was truly wonderful learning from you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.